Here's another report linking the Miami Hurricanes to possibly joining the Big Ten. Are there legs behind this, or is it all just noise? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen, and in this case, your second listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Rumors and reports we haven't been able to shake for the past few months are that if a super conference is in fact interested in adding the University of Miami, According to recent reports, it wouldn't be the SEC. It would actually be the Big Ten. Here's a new tweet from earlier this week from Jim Williams, who from the Big Ten side of things has been all over conference realignment. He says, quote, the Big Ten targets are Miami and UNC. I was told by a solid source at a Big Ten Michigan school, quote, Washington and Oregon are fine candidates, but we are looking south. It would be great to set up shop in the heart of SEC country. We know the grant of rights with the ACC is very complex, but we have time to wait and see how the challenges work out. So, okay, from the Big Ten side of things, as he outlined it there, um, adding a presence in quote-unquote SEC country being the southeastern part of the country, that would be huge for the Big Ten increasing their footprint even further. Right, because they've already made their intentions clear. They don't want to be the Midwestern conference anymore. Right. By adding USC and UCLA out west, they become more of a national conference. They still don't have that presence in the southeast. You could accomplish that by adding Miami and North Carolina. And in the case of Miami specifically, you're also adding one of the biggest television markets in America, top 15. So you're definitely expanding your opportunity for television ratings and regional domination and all of that. So, you know, you could understand why Miami and North Carolina would be attractive, especially Miami, in my humble, somewhat biased opinion, why, you know, capturing a big TV market and having a presence in SEC country would be big for the Big Ten. Because, you know, the Big Ten, they want to be bigger than the SEC, right? Obviously, the SEC is doing a fantastic job. It's specifically a football powerhouse conference, but you still look at them, despite the fact they have more of a presence now in, in Texas and in Oklahoma with adding OU and Texas. They've already had Texas A&M for several years. You could still look at the SEC as kind of a regional Southeastern conference, whereas the Big Ten, they've already gone out west. If they take over the Southeast, they are coast to coast. They are nationwide. They're no longer the Midwestern conference. They truly are a national conference at that point. Now, from a Miami side of things, I know what a lot of you are going to say. Dono, if I'm going to leave this ACC, it's got to be the SEC. Geographically, it makes a lot more sense. You know, you could get Florida on the schedule on a regular basis finally, which would be a lot of fun. I'm not going to argue with you. The only thing is um, it doesn't seem like Miami has options to pick and choose which they like better because if recent reports are true, A, some will tell you maybe the SEC is not that interested in Miami, that they would see Clemson and Florida State as better fits. Other reports say 
the SEC is not really interested in the near future of expanding, period. Obviously, they're in the process of doing that with Oklahoma and Texas, but they're not really looking at anything beyond adding those two at the moment. So the SEC, they're standing pat right now, according to reports, where the Big Ten is actually interested in continuing their quest for global domination, and Miami could be a target there. Now, um, why do I think it would be nice to leave the Atlantic Coast Conference? Basically, it boils down to the TV deal sucks. <laughs> There's no way to sugarcoat that. Schools, member institutions of the ACC are making about at least $30 million less annually through the television deal than members of the Big Ten and members of the ACC or members of the SEC, right? The ACC making at least $30 million less than SEC and Big Ten schools. That revenue gap is gigantic. It's enormous, right? And it's just going to limit your options to expand as an athletic program in any ACC school when you just can't compete with the money that's flowing into Big Ten and SEC schools. That's why you had that magnificent seven, which included Miami, Florida State, Clemson, several others in the ACC who were interested in getting out of the ACC. Now, uh, the last part of, of that tweet there from Jim Williams, I pull it up here again, is, we know the grant of rights with the ACC is very complex. Um, I don't think complex is necessarily the right word. That is one way to describe it. Another way it's been described to me is ironclad. <laughs> I was doing some reading on the ACC grant of rights agreement, which essentially is the TV deal that the ACC is stuck in until 2036. You're stuck in that deal for another 13 years. Now, this grant of rights agreement is supposedly so ironclad, according to CBS Sports, uh, this is essentially copied from a Supreme Court case precedent of 115 years ago. Uh, they incorporated this in Delaware, and it's, you know, people have kind of poked and prodded to see if they can find some loopholes in this grant of rights agreement, and no one's been able to find a loophole just yet. Now, uh, like anything else in the world, uh, one way out of it would be money, buyout. Well, the buyout for any member institution to leave the conference and get out of that ironclad grant of rights agreement is an estimated $120 million. So you would either have to foot that bill yourself to buy your way out of it. You would have to hope like the Big Ten, maybe they can start a GoFundMe to raise $120 million to buy you out of it. Uh, or... You know, a TV network can help foot the bill if ESPN or Fox really wants to foot the bill for that, um, you know, 120 million buyout, which it's excessive and it's not realistic. Um, so if you can't find a loophole, you can't pay the 120 million dollar buyout. Some folks have reported and I'm not a thousand percent sure if this is actually true, because, again, the media were not lawyers, right? But it has been reported by certain media members that, well, the ACC could dissolve if a majority of the 15 member institutions just vote to, to leave and to kind of scrap the conference. So if eight schools, we've already had seven who are at least somewhat interested in getting out of the ACC, but haven't quite taken it that far yet to call for a vote. Uh, but if eight out of the 15 member institutions were to vote to disband the conference, that I guess that would be sort of a way to hit the self-destruct button and get out of, out of the conference that way. So that's been reported. So with all this said, um, it still seems to me like a pipe dream because the ACC, their conference leadership does not want to disband. 
Um, unfortunately, with that TV deal running through 2036, it seems like there's little hope of renegotiating that. Uh, the conference's solution, which they discussed in their spring meetings, was, well, okay, we can't get more revenue, but we can distribute the same revenue in a different way where teams who make the college football playoff and get postseason berths, they'll get extra money, and the teams who don't do so well competitively will get less money. Um, as our friend Chalupa Batman would say, it's like, hey, we can't give you a raise, but we can give you more hours is basically what they're saying. Like they can't make more money happen. They can just redistribute the money in different ways. Uh, now, it would be interesting. Can you imagine Miami in the Big Ten uh, now having to play in Columbus, Ohio or Ann Arbor, Michigan or Minnesota in late November? That would not be fun if you get some of those bad road trips. But wouldn't it be interesting? Tell me what you guys think in the comments below. How interesting would it be if, and the conference would be so big, you wouldn't play everybody every single year, but to have on your schedule on a semi-regular basis to play against Ohio State, to play against Michigan, to play against USC, uh, man, that would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? UCLA to be on the schedule time and time again, and hopefully if someday, and it may take years to make this happen, but if someday Miami does end up in the Big Ten, I hope they would find a way to keep Florida State on the schedule every year as a non-conference rivalry. Because remember, Miami used to have that when they were in the Big East and Florida State was in the ACC. They still played every year. Uh, when the ACC had divisions, even though they were on opposite sides of the conference, they would play against each other each and every year. Hopefully, if Miami does end up somewhere else, uh, they would keep that as a yearly date on the schedule. But yeah. Sounds like no one is in any rush here. Now, another thing I will add, because I know people are going to say this in the comments as well. If you're looking for another clue, one of the reasons why Miami to the Big Ten has been talked about so much is the AAU designation. That academically, Miami within about the past month, about the past six weeks, has been granted AAU research institution status, which is a prerequisite for joining the Big Ten. Every Big Ten institution has to have that AAU status in order to join the conference. So if this does happen, I think it's going to take years for this to develop. You've got to find some kind of a loophole, some kind of a way out of that ACC grant of rights agreement. We're not done here on this bonus episode of Locked on Canes because I want to talk about some important recruiting dates coming up. Within the next eight, nine days, we're going to have a handful of Miami Hurricanes targets announcing their verbal commitments. Are we going to get some new Canes within the next week? We'll let you know. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. I'm having so much fun this, this summer on FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnCollege. Sorry, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. 
For the everydayers, if you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, I highly recommend signing up at our subtext SMS texting community. You can get texts to your phone directly from mine with recruiting updates, breaking news alerts, show previews that you guys get before anyone else, and one-on-ones with me, including a link in the show description below where you can sign up for our subtext community Try it completely free for the first 14 days. Nothing to lose for 14 days. Then if you want to opt in after two weeks, $4.99 a month, we try to give you a lot of added value on there. So dates to know, my friends. And uh, I'm, I'm nervous heading into the weekend. I am because last weekend, last weekend was rough. Things got a little bit better, a lot better on Monday when Marquise Lightfoot committed to Miami. But we saw the likes of Elias Rudolph, who Miami made a, a late push for. He chose. Michigan, we saw um, we saw Ricky Knight the third choose Florida State. We saw Justin Scott. We didn't even know he was going to pick a school that weekend. We saw him commit to Ohio State. The Schmo committed elsewhere. Ja'Cory Barney committed to Nebraska. So it was a tough weekend right up until Marquis Lightfoot chose Miami, and it got a lot of people optimistic again. And that was a big get for Jason Taylor and for Mario Cristobal and company. So here are upcoming dates to look at. Tomorrow on Friday, offensive tackle, three-star, Derek Plaz, who I know Miami staff really likes. He's going to be deciding between Miami and North Carolina State. From what I'm hearing behind the scenes, the battle continues to rage on, that no one has like a great feel, that they're kind of optimistic, like, hey, Miami's really got a shot here. Some folks think it's NC State. I think NC State is the crystal ball leader for him, that a lot of those CBs have come in for North Carolina State. You know, Plaz has an interesting uh, recruiting story because up until a few weeks ago, he was verbally committed to Penn State. Uh, he decided to decommit, you know, he rushed into that decision, I think. He decided to open things back up, uh, has since visited Miami and has since visited NC State. So this one's going to come down to one of those ACC schools. And so uh, Miami and NC State, they're going to play each other this year. So it's going to be uh, the Derek Plaz grudge match. But, you know, I, I feel I feel somewhat good about Miami's chances heading in for Plaz, but I'm definitely not ready to drop a Dono ball. And you know what, man? After I dropped a very confident Dono ball about a week ago for Ja'Cory Barney to choose Miami, <laughs> I hate taking L's. I do. It's made me more careful, right? Steve Wiltfong, he's taken some L's recently. He's been wrong quite – it's been a crazy recruiting cycle. Wiltfong has taken L's. Dono balls have taken L's. So I'm not going to drop a Dono ball for Plaz, but I'm interested to see how it plays out. Uh, 2025 tight end, four-star. Uh, out of uh, Los Alamitos, California, Devon Mitchell is going to be announcing on Saturday, July 8th. Um, now, this is an awesome player. Um, Oklahoma has been the trending leader for him for quite some time, where Miami's been really catching up and making things interesting late. USC also in the mix for him. And what I find interesting about Mitchell is because some of you will say like 2025, like oh, I'm, a, I'm thinking about 2024. You're talking about 2025 recruits. A, this is an excellent player. You'd be very happy to land him. And I know he just had a recent, uh, very good unofficial visit to the U. And B, there's been some buzz about Mitchell that he might be thinking of reclassifying to 2024, right? So there's extra stakes here that if, if you can land Mitchell, 
You know, you're not talking about landing a guy, you know, a year and a half before National Signing Day. You could be talking about landing a guy about five months before National Signing Day if he does indeed reclassify from 2025 to 2024. And, you know, if if that could potentially become the second tight end in your class, you've got two of the most well-rounded tight ends in the country with Elijah Lofton and Devon Mitchell if he does decide to be a Kane. I know a lot of folks feel like Oklahoma is the team to beat here, but Miami, they've been trending up in this one. So we're going to talk more about Mitchell when Brian Smith joins us from allhurricanes.com. He's my colleague there. He's also the Locked On Network recruiting expert. Friday, we're going to talk with Brian Smith. I'll get his take on this 2025, maybe 2024 prospect, and we're going to do it up big tomorrow. Uh, and then another tight end, this one definitely 2024, is going to be announcing – um, a week from Saturday on July 15th, one of my favorite players in this class, Caleb Odom. Odom is going to be announcing on Saturday the 15th. Alabama, for about the past month, has been the team to beat here. They've been the crystal ball leader for him. And Alabama, they kind of use that Nick Saban cheat code where they got into his recruitment very late. But since it's freaking Bama, they can get into someone's recruitment late and they can still surge. Right. It's harder for my because we talked about Miami missing out on guys like, you know, Ja'Cory Barney and Elias Rudolph, who they got in late for Alabama. They can afford to get in late for some of those guys, because for several months, it looked like a, an Ole Miss versus Miami battle for Caleb Odom and then Alabama about a month ago just decided, oh, we want this guy. And then they became the trending leader. Uh, but, you know, he was one of those guys was Odom who had an official visit in the final OV weekend of June. Very good official visit. We talked about that with Judd Anderson when he joined us last week, that he thought that Odom had a good visit. They built a really nice rapport. So this is one of those where it seems like, at the very least, Miami's given Odom something to think about, that if Alabama are, maybe are still the favorites, Miami has hopefully closed that gap. And guys, you know what? We're still eight days away from his announcement. A lot of twists and turns can happen in eight days, Right. You go back to over the weekend when Miami thought that they were hours away from landing Ja'Cory Barney, and that one changed on its head, right? Miami was nearly able to switch Elias Rudolph from his Michigan commitment. So a lot can change in eight days, let alone eight hours. So, yeah, uh, tomorrow we're going to be watching out for Derek Plaz. Saturday we'll be watching out for Devon Mitchell. The following Saturday we'll be watching out for Caleb Odom. We're going to get updates on these players throughout the next several days. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, I've created a, a Threads account. Is that like, is that the new Twitter? I, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but I'm on Threads now. I'm on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Follow us. We'll follow you back. I'm on Threads at Alex Dono Miami. I'm on Twitter also, personal account at Alex Dono. We're on every social network. I'm not on TikTok yet, actually. I'll have to think about doing that. But follow us on social media. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to like this video, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your pods. And we will talk to you tomorrow for the everydayers. Brian Smith is going to join us, talk some recruiting on the next episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.